Hi, it's Peter Vesey. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. Welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast. This is a new segment slash show that we're going to sort of uh, start to hopefully put out at the beginning of each week where we sit down. It could be me. It could be Dave. It could be Mike. Mike is here, by the way. Say hello. Hello, Mike. <laughs> and we've got Joe Herbert as well. Hello. there. They are here. I'm not just by myself. Um, and we will be sitting down at the, after we've recorded or maybe before we've recorded the other Monday night show. And uh, basically... This is going to be us talking about the games we've highlighted for you guys, the NBA fans, to uh, to watch this week, whether it be League Pass, Torrent, uh, Ustream, whatever it is you use, BT Sport, sorry, we've got to get them in, um, whatever it is you use to watch the NBA, legally or illegally, um, yeah, these are the games that you should be watching this week. So we've picked four, um, which we think is quite apt. Uh, the Cavs, we must apologise, are mentioned twice, but there's a reason for that and we'll get to it. Um, but the first one is going to be taking place on the 30th to the 1st. Um, so this is a 12.30am tip-off. It's the Memphis Grizzlies at the Toronto Raptors. It's at the Air Canada Centre. It's the second best team in the Eastern Conference versus the fourth best team in the Western Conference. Um, this is going to be an interesting matchup because you've got DeMar DeRozan going at guys like Tony Allen. And this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, that's a good battle though. I think Tony Allen, since I've been watching the league, is the best defensive player there's been. But the battle I'm interested in actually is um, Marcus Sol against Jonas Valanciunas because I don't think the Raptors are using Jonas enough because his numbers are just ridiculous. But he doesn't seem to be doing it at volume which is obviously because of Dwayne Casey just not giving him the ball. But I like the job David Fisdale has done so far in Memphis. I think they're a much better offensive team than they have been. He actually like allows his players to shoot. And I think once Chandler Parsons gets back, I don't know if he'll be here for this game, but I think Memphis are going to be a team on the rise. Yeah, I, th- I think Memphis have been resurgent this season. I, I Before the season started, I thought this was this was... They're done. They're they're dropping off this year. Grit and grind is dead. And Fisdale's come in, r- reminding them there's a, a line out there, which if you shoot from behind, it's worth more. So, <laughs> you know, it's starting to work for them. Um, Conley, Lowry's another good matchup. And I'm keen to see VC back in Canada. Ah, Again, it's always, it's always a good game. One. Yeah. It he's quite, been a bit... It's quite emotional. The, was it two years ago when they actually did a tribute to him and it was the first time in like, 12 years or whatever, he'd actually been cheered at the Air Canada Centre. It was really emotional. I, I had tears in my eyes that night. Yeah, he's he's playing, I think he's been, for for a guy his age, I think he's been really productive this year. Um, he's logging much heavier than minute, uh, minutes than you'd expect recently, and he's he's doing really well with it. Um, obviously, he's never going to be the, the player he once was, and he's very much a role player on this team, but I just think that's a nice little you know, extra kick for this game is that you've got him back in, in the this, the city where it started. Yeah, and if you are new to the NBA folks and like you kind of don't know who half the people are we're talking about, Vince Carter is certainly a person you should type into YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. Because, because the dunks, the athleticism, everything, like the the dunks at the Olympics, the dunks in the slam dunk contest, his his, his shots against, well, his, his non-made shots, should I say, against the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs, and then a shot he made against the Spurs last year or the year before for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, it, he's one of those guys who is kind of synonymously linked with the NBA and how the NBA has grown into what it is today. So if you are new to the sport, please go out and YouTube Vince Carr because seriously, the guy has been 
incredible. He's been entertained us since 1998, 18 years in the league, multiple franchises. He's still averaging 10.5 points a game, which is phenomenal for a guy his age. And he's just one of the true sort of greats, you know, an instant Hall of Famer. He, he's he's the last of that generation, really, because I'm not counting Paul Pierce because he doesn't really get minutes. <laughs> but KG's gone. He's a good tag flag waver. <laughs> Why does I <it> tag? <laughs> but KG's gone. Uh, Kobe's gone. I don't think Dirk's got much left. I'm going to be honest. So it's really. We're, I think NBA fans are like kind of clinging on to him and just loving him because <laughs> that whole that whole generation is, you know, gone. As I've said. I think it shows a lot about his character how well he's a, he's um, transitioned to a bench role because a lot of players kind of think they're too good for it. I mean, Kobe would never have taken a bench role. Yeah, I agree with that. His his ability to adapt from being a superstar to a so-so player for the Suns and stuff and then to go over to Dallas and turn himself into a role player with Rick Carlisle has just been um, sensational. But yeah, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. It's an interesting sort of juxtaposition of talent, of, of sort of team styles. That arena, the Air Canada Centre is, is fabulous. I think this game is going to be a league pass one for those of you out there or a stream or whatever. Um, it's not on BT Sport, unfortunately, but it's definitely one of the games sort of this week that you should, you should keep your eye on because there's two top teams going out there and it'll be an interesting battle. On the 1st of December, uh, or should I say the 2nd of December, because it's the morning of the 2nd of December, problems of being a UK fan. Um, 1 a.m. We've got a BT Sport game an actual good BT Sport game as Joe Herbert pointed out just before we came on air um, we've got the Los Angeles Clippers at the Cleveland Cavaliers in front of the hometown Cavs fans this is going to be a great matchup because this is the best team in the Eastern Conference versus arguably the best team in the West it's a potential finals matchup right here um, so it'll be this will be a, a good measure of both of how both teams are are doing in their respective conferences and what their respective conferences strengths are like for me because if, if, if one well I don't know where it's going to go do we but um Cleveland, you'd expect to win at home, um, but it'll be interesting to see how they can cope with just the absolute two-headed behemoth that is Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, the Clippers are an offensive juggernaut this season. They're the fifth best team in the offense. They host a top two defense, which is crazy. Um, and the Cavs, like the Cavs, have got this phenomenal record. What are they thirteen-two at the moment? But they've still got not exactly the world's most stunning defense. They're eighteenth in defensive efficiency this season, which is not superstar by any means but this is going to be a hell of a matchup you've got Chris Paul going at Kyrie Irving you've got Blake Griffin going at Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love depending on who plays and then obviously LeBron James uh, it'd be interesting to see how he matches up with um, Luca Mute, but it's a good battle a good battle of coaches as well yeah I've I've been very critical of Dot Rivers also well documented on this podcast but I think <laughs> I think he's redeemed himself this year because he has been rubbish the last two years before this He's consistently let them down in big moments. But this is a, I think I'm going to watch this purely because both teams obviously have great, but I want to see who's better because I don't know at this point. Because obviously the Cavs play in a, a relatively weak Eastern Conference, but the Clippers have, have beaten everyone who's been thrown at them so far. This is probably the game of the season so far. I don't know if that's too much of a hot take. I think in terms of uh, team strengths, then I think you're bang on there. They're, they are. What more can you ask for than than the top teams from either conference or or one of the top two in the Clippers' case in a in a head to head matchup? I think. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's probably the biggest game so far. Yeah, the, the, I guess the one uh, at the time of recording this, the the Clippers have lost uh, two in a row. The the Cavs have won four in a row. So Tyron Lue's team are on a bit of a roll. Um, but in terms of matching the the the, the, the starting fives between these two teams. 
there's not really much to pick apart. They're both very, very talented teams. And you've got DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin who make up a ridiculously phenomenal front court. But then you, you contrast that to Kevin Love, who's had a breakout year, I think. He's just been phenomenal. He just fits into that system. LeBron's getting the rest when he needs to. Kyrie Irving's playing out of his skin. Like a few years ago, or last season even, the, all the questions around surrounding this Cavs team were, why isn't it working? Why aren't they gelling? And this year, everything's fitting together perfectly, and everyone's like, well, there's not really much to say, really. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Like, the, all well, winning helps, doesn't it? But yeah, uh, it does, all, yeah. all the talk has, has just disappeared. Um, one of the things that's going to interest me is that Mbara um, Mute is the defensive specialist on uh, on the clips, and usually, and of course, he's going to have to cover. LeBron, but usually when you see elite point guards coming up against the Clips, you'll see that they try and rest Paul and get uh, Mbaramute picking up the, you know, the opposing point guard like Lillard or, or someone like that. So it'll be interesting for me to see whether they whether the effect of Chris Paul and his, his aging body um, is, is sort of stifled and his performance goes down because he's having to pick up someone as, as lightning quick as Kyrie. So moving on to the 2nd and 3rd of December, a 1am matchup, another BT Sport game. It's the Cavaliers again, but this time they're at the United Center. They are playing the Chicago Bulls, uh, that team you might know from Michael Jordan's era. This is going to be an, an intriguing Eastern Conference matchup because at the time of recording this, and I'm going to keep saying this, that the Chicago Bulls are 10 and 6. And they look like a competent NBA basketball team. They've been better than I expected, but I'm still not. <laughs> I'm still not going to admit still not I'm wrong sold. because well, there's a long way to go. Um, I think the problem I've got with them is that I don't think they get enough assisted buckets. And I think I think in the modern era, I think teams that rely on sort of you know your turn, my turn type offense, they get found out after a while. So even if this team gets to the postseason. I don't think they'll do anything. And this, and with the way Bulls fans speak about their roster, firing some shots here, you'd think they were like a contender. I think I said last week, if they hit the fourth seed, then that's an incredibly, you know, productive and great season for them. I don't think they're conference contenders, but they seem to be. They seem to be on a hot streak at the minute. Um, Jimmy Butler is playing out of his skin, so that matchup against LeBron's going to be interesting as well. Um, Wade seems semi-resurgent. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still out on whether he he's able to. He's not going to be able. Well, he's not going to be able to. So I'm not out on it at all. He's not going to be able to to give a full 82 games. If he gets over 65, close to 70, then I think they've had a good season from him. Um, and then Rondo, there's already. Uh, I know we mentioned earlier about rumors being rumors, but there's already talks of Rondo and his his net negative effect on the team. Yet despite that, they are winning. They're somehow beating decent teams and beating people well. And it's probably down to uh, the blue-collar forwards who are just one of the, you know turning this team into one of the top two rebounding teams in the league. Yeah, the, we've, we've said it before on previous shows, like the steal of that whole trade scenario with the Knicks was getting Robin Lopez. Like He's a, he's a fab, fabulous NBA player and he's, he's one of the better centres in the NBA. But just jumping onto Jimmy Butler quickly, I mean, he's averaging 20, uh, 24.5 points a game, 6.1 rebounds. I just think Dwayne Wade being there and nurturing him has had such a difference on this guy. Like, there's no contrasting superstar in there trying to bully his way, you know, in with the organization. Like, the, the clashes between Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler were well spoken of the last two, three seasons. 
But I just think the way Jimmy Butler's coming out, you just go back and look at his like last five games. 20 points, 22 points, 40 points, 35 points, 26 points. He's just out there every night playing flat out basketball and they are reaping the benefits of having a healthy, active, you know, happy Jimmy Butler, which they haven't had for a few years. And then you've just got guys coming off the bench like Isaiah Cannon, who's chipping in. Jerry and Grant's playing okay. Doug McDermott stepped up a bit this season. And they're overall, the Bulls have been a hell of a shock this year but when you've got three guys who've got that mentality Jimmy Butler Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade who want to win every night it's not really too surprising but we'll have to see what happens when they play the Cavs because we've said it before but the Cavaliers are a completely different animal like there's a bit of a leap between the second best team and the first team in the, in the Eastern Conference um, we could see that quite evidently on um, what Friday night so that could be an interesting one Okay, so the Saturday night matchup. This is a 12.30am one. Unfortunately, we're not talking about the BT Sport game because that is pretty dross. <laughs> so we'll avoid, we'll avoid that one. Um, the one game we think you should pick up on the Saturday night is the 12.30am tip-off between the Atlanta Hawks and the Toronto Raptors. This one is again at the Canada, the Air Canada Centre. Um, two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference fighting it out. Two teams who I personally think could either end up in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs, um, but we'll have to see how it works out. Uh, the Hawks at the moment at the time of recording this are 10-7 and 7. the Toronto Raptors are 10-6, and 6. not much to separate them, apart from the fact that the, the, the Hawks have got a pretty monster front court, and I think that could be the difference, but the way DeRozan's playing at the moment you wouldn't really put it against the Raptors to blow this one out. No, I think the Hawks are the better team. I know the Raptors are above them in the standings, but you can't buy into the standings after 15 games. But I, again, I, I kind of, I think what teams are starting to do with the Hawks, they're trying to pull Dwight Howard away from the basket. And I, I don't know if the Raptors have the team to do that because Valanciunas is a post centre. So I think this could be quite an old fashioned game in the sense that I think it could be a centre versus centre battle, kind of a slow tempo game. But I still think there's going to be good basketball because the Hawks are playing. They, I, I don't think there's a team who plays better basketball with a limited cast than the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I think, again, it's the front court that'll be the difference here. I think the weakness for the Raptors is at the four spot with Pascal Siakam. Um, I think we could have a big game from Millsap just because he should have the advantage in that that matchup. Um, and DeRozan can keep on shooting all he likes. I, I just don't think they'll have enough unless he starts dropping 40. Because uh, all the shots he is making, as much as he goes to the line, they're all two pointers, so they're they're not as much value to the team. If that makes sense, takes more. Is it sustainable? Thirty three point three points a game from majority mid range. No. Yeah, personally, I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's a great hot streak to be on, but mid range twos are shown to be the the least effective least effective shot in the league. So time will tell. He could be the exception that proves the rule, but. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think he can sustain that output. I think they might. I think they might be a team who make a trade at some point. I think they need something in the front court because you're right. That four spot is is very weak. And Damari Carroll just. I mean, Masai Ujiri doesn't get many moves wrong, but Damari Carroll has not looked good, in my yeah, opinion, since I, he. Joined. I never got that move in the first place. Like he had what a great season at Atlanta, and all of a sudden was this guy that everyone wanted in free agency period. I just think the like the pickings that year. I can't remember who everybody was, but I can't imagine the pickings were that great. No, I think he got lucky in the year he he fell a free agent. On you're right, there wasn't much, there wasn't much talent that year. That was the year where Greg Monroe got overpaid as well. Oh yes, okay. oh, that, yeah. that, was a, that was a terrible year for the free agent. But I don't know. I I think Toronto are a good team, but 
if you're being honest to yourself, can they push the Cavs? I'm not sure. I want to say yes, but I think the Hawks would have a better chance of beating the Cavs than the Raptors do. Just because I think Dwight Howard's rebounding could cause a problem. Yeah, and the Hawks are a top five uh, assist team. They're a top 10 uh, rebound team. They're top 10 in opposing points per game. And Carl Corver is one of those, you know, hugely reliable knockdown shooters. And they're just getting everything from Dennis Schroeder and Kent Bazemore this year. Like, Kent Bazemore had an incredible game um, against the Lakers the other night, despite the loss. And Dwight Howard's been resurgent. I did put him down for my Joe Herbert Comeback of the Year award. Um, so hopefully we have another big game for Dwight Howard. But I don't know. I, I, I can't. I just don't like writing the Raptors off when they play at the Air Canada Centre. I just think they're they're one of those teams where where home court advantage does make a a bit of a difference. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. But that is the the Saturday night game, and then we will move on to uh, the Sunday night game, which is the BT Sport one. Um, which no one's going to watch because it's terrible. <laughs> if you do watch these games and you enjoy them and you know you think we've made some good picks, then please do tweet us. Use hashtag NBA in the UK. Tell us if you think we're wrong as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be back at some point next week um, with another sort of four or five games that we can pick out from the week ahead. And this is going to be sort of a new interesting segment that we can do. We just thought it'd be a nice thing to do to pick apart the games on League Pass and, and BC Sport and sort of differentiate them and tell you a little bit about them and... and yeah, go a bit more in depth than um, we'd usually go on the normal podcast. So hopefully you've enjoyed this. Um, goodbye.